Welcome back to an all new installment of Super Metal Brothers here on the old podcast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. And we are here talking news, reviews, and so much more. But first, we have a bit of a surprise for the listeners today, Danny. Yeah, we've actually had a really big um, well, news ourselves. And uh, we want to share with you, but if we listen to tell you now, you might not hear the end. So make sure you stick around, I reckon. Yeah, we want you to stick around this whole podcast. We've got so much to tell you and bore you with. But, you know, let's go on with the show. Hey, Danny. Yeah, we've got so many jokes and jokes and jokes. If you don't stick around to the end, you, you miss out. You don't do yourself a favor. Yeah. So uh, please stick around for the big news at the end. I kind of feel like if we say jokes to them, they'll remember to laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, we need, yeah, we need like some sort of like symbol. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> us waving our hands, no one can see that. Please feel sorry for us. Yeah. But, who, right. but who are we reviewing though? I think we should tell them our album we're reviewing. Yeah, but before we go into the news, we're actually reviewing a band called Emophagia and this Emophagia Emophagia the latest album is actually called In the Name of Chaos now Daniel's got a hell of a lot to talk about you know his love for blast beats and all that kind of jazz is really what got into this album eh Danny Exactly right. Yeah, this um is one right up my alley. So uh, I can't wait to review this album uh, in in a couple of minutes time. But first, we have other things to uh, go with. Yeah, let's take it off with the news story and very much on the top of the chopping block. And this is quite a massive chopping block. Brock Lesnar, Danny. Yeah, go on. Yeah, 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 basically Brock Lesnar. If you don't know who he is, he kind of jumps between the UFC, which is Ultimate Fighting, basically two guys wrestling with no clothes on, in really homoerotic <laughs> moves, to yeah. the WWE, where the guys wrestle with no clothes on, doing homoerotic moves. Yeah, but one's more flashy and has more fireworks, so <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's cool. But yeah. what he, what Brock Lesnar did was uh, beat a fellow. I guess you could call him an Aussie. He did wrestle, or sorry, yeah, I guess UFC was wrestling. Yeah. I guess in a sense. Uh, he was doing it in uh, born in New Zealand, lives in Australia right now, and lost to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, he classified himself in Australia. I believe someone on his Facebook page made fun or caught him out about this whole Australia thing, and he pretty much told him to go sit on it. So I guess we, I mean, we, we, we normally like to adapt. Australia likes to adapt winners. So because he's a winner, we like to adapt him. We do, but this is Super Metal Brothers. So our Super Metal listeners right now are thinking, what are you guys talking about? Well, funny enough, Brock Lesnar comes out too, and I, um, I'm a little surprised to say it, but Enter Sandman, and you might know the song from a little-known band called... Uh, I- I can't even remember what they're called, Danny. Metallic? Uh, yeah, something? Dave Mustaine's Side Project. Dave Mustaine's Side yeah. Project. For those who don't know, check our first podcast. Did that surprise you, Danny, coming out to such a low-no band? Oh, no. It's it, it, it's good to see like a guy uses notoriety to like help a struggling band <laughs> <laughs> come out there and and uh, yeah, go to the big audience. Because I, I think a lot of those people probably don't know who um, this metal liquor band is. Well, funny enough, it's not the first time in a... Ring that we've seen uh, or heard a Metallica song. In fact, the guy called Sandman back in ECW was using the exact same uh, song for his intro music, yeah. and uh, he would walk through the crowd. And fifth, you know, three minutes later, when the song was finished, you know that eventually end up wrestling. So it is a good one to start off with. Mm. But wow, I would have picked so many other songs from so many other bands. You know, like Hypocrisy, Complete Psychosis comes to mind. Something a bit more adrenaline rushing, but. What do you reckon, Dennis? Are the songs that remind you of a good intro to pump the crowd or yourself up? Uh, definitely um, uh, Slave Shadow Surf from Behemoth is oh, pretty cool. Great but I guess I understand like the symbolism of like, Enter Sandman, so he's going to put you to sleep. So yeah, to be fair, these guys... Yeah, of your children, that kind of thing. Yeah, all that stuff. I, mean, I don't think Brock Lesnar really thinks ultimately hard or has a quite a unilateral way of thinking. So for him, he saw... Sandman, and that's enough for him to uh, come out to it. Yeah, that was interesting uh, with uh, Brock Lesnar coming out to the song, but uh, good on him for trying to help put over a band. 
Let's move on to yeah. another story, though, which comes from... Uh, this guy's making a regular occurrence with the Super Metal Brothers between him and Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, there's plenty of stories, but uh, Axel Rose. Now, this story is interesting because a uh, fellow roadie has devolved information to teamrock.com. Is that guess like the roadie code? Is that like the, the roadie Bible? That sh- they shall not speak of another roadie's well, problems? Well, this makes for a really interesting story. So anyway, uh, on a Guns N' Roses tour... Apparently, Axel Rose has sent out a roadie, and he sent him out to go back to England because they were doing a tour because he forgot his yellow jacket. Literally, he, the one job that he sent the roadie to do was go back to pick up a yellow jacket and return it to him for his next show. Um, could you see this jacket playing an important part of a set list for Guns N' Roses, Danny? Well, I get the yellow jacket plus the red hair. Maybe he was trying as April O'Neil for the next oh! Turtles movie. So I was thinking November yeah. rain, like maybe they were actually raining and he oh, needed it. It's like a yellow rain jacket. Because yeah. yeah. I have no other idea how integral a yellow jacket would be to a Guns N' Roses gig. Maybe maybe this is the only way ACDC will let Axl Rose be Axl Rose. Something that doesn't affect them on stage. Because yeah, you can be this guy off stage, but when you come to stage, yeah. you have to be like, air quotes normal so maybe this is the way he can still be Axel Rose yeah I think Axel Rose being Axel Rose and there are no stories of redemption here with Axel Rose it just seems like every time someone comes out whether it's him or a fan it just gets even more hilarity so I guess never changed is the real thing we're trying to say here hey Danny yeah I guess maturity hits everybody a bit later on yeah speaking about uh, things that uh, will never change this one is a particular one that's dear to so many people's hearts, and it's Phil Anselmo talking about Pantera. And the potential, really, this is only a hypothetical, the return of Pantera. Now, Danny, he's mentioned, because uh, fans wanted to see it, mm. uh, Zach Wilde as a replacement. What do you think Zach Wilde in, uh, to a potential Pantera reunion? Well, Zach Wilde, I guess the main guitarist going around at the moment is probably what you think the obvious choice would be because I mean playing qualities there he's got the look he's got the sound um, yeah he's a big lad uh, he's probably around the same era of guitar players um, I mean yeah you think Zach Wilde would be the, the logical choice purely just on uh, guitarist point of view yeah well reading the interview with Phil Anselmo the basic premise is that he doesn't actually see it happening in the sense that the grip and the way that Dimebag would play the guitar can't be replicated. And though I would agree with that, I would definitely... And he did say that Zach Wilde has chops. Like, there's no difference. He would never be able to play the song, but give them the attention that they would need for a Pantera. Uh, like, yeah, like a homage to the old to the old days. Um, I don't know. I, I think Zach Wilde can exactly do all that and so much more. I, don't, I think Phil Anselmo is being... Just trying to politely say to the fans, yeah, this will never happen. I think you're right. There's, there's still bigger problems, issues to overcome with him and his relationship with Vinnie Paul. Yeah. Uh, I think reading, I think there's a whole book about this actually uh, from from what I understand about their relationship and I guess the afterthoughts of Pantera and how they get along. And I think from what I understand is that Vinnie Paul still has a lot of anger and even somewhat blames Phil for um, Dimebag's death. So Definitely what yeah. he did say that uh, it was a very bad split up and it's like, why would you return back to your ex-wife for you who you have ill uh, ill feelings towards? Mm. So in that sense, I got, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Phil in the sense that, yeah, just try to quash any chance of a Pantera reunion because this is definitely one shit that's never going to sell. Yeah, I think maybe Phil has been hearing rumblings about people saying, oh, maybe Zach would be a great person for um, Pantera if they did a reunion. So maybe it feels like, okay, 
yes, you, I'm, I'm thinking of how you guys are thinking. I see where you're coming from, but no, 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 I'm probably going to play it off anyway. So he kind of like satisfies the fans' thinking, but also says, no, nah, not really. Yeah, sorry to the Pantera fans out there in Radio Lands. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but let's stick with the singer's theme and maybe something a little bit more uplifting. Angela Gosso, you know her? I bet you do. She's the blonde chick that used to be the singer for Arch Enemy. Now, she actually went to talk about with uh, certain metal publications about losing her joy and her eventual retirement from the band. She's a full-time manager with it. But Danny, funny story about how she got the new singer, uh, Angela uh, Gus, is it? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Lisa, I think it's yeah, enough Lisa, for sorry. me. Lisa White something. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't know who she is. Blue hair. Not bad looking and all that, which is always a bonus. But going back to the reason um, Matt pointed back to me, it's 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 one of those fairy tales, uh, a stalker's fairy tale come to life. Because yeah. stalking us, I'll explain. What happens after one of the gigs, uh, Alyssa there went up to Angela and said, oh, the way you sang on the cover of the song, bass and song got me into screaming. And apparently Angela's quite taken back by this and, you know, heard Alyssa... I think I'm saying it right. Um, uh, White glues. Yeah, glues. Yeah. Glues. 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 Um, heard her stuff on uh, YouTube or Facebook, wherever, one of these uh, social media pages. I like the sound of her, so when sound of her singing. So when it was coming close to um, Angela's uh, retirement, I guess she just automatically had a good replacement for her to take over. So, see, stalkers can become their own heroes. Yeah, it's funny enough, you have you have this crossroads. Either you're going to have the police rock up your house or you would get the lifetime gig with your favourite band. So, I suggest to all our fans listening, uh, yeah. Yeah, just harass the shit of your favourite um, musician and maybe one day you replace him. <laughs> <laughs> I think they make a movie on this, don't they? See, that's, uh, th- th- there must be some sort of legislation around this, but uh, congratulations to Angela Gloss for, uh, you know, putting the seed of doubt in Angela's head to lose the joy for the band and yeah. strategically putting herself in it. I'm pretty sure I've seen this on American Horror Stories. Yeah, once there must be. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a movie. I'm not like with movies, but I'm pretty sure it sounds like a movie plot. Yeah, that was um, good on her. So we'll move on to another singer again. This is a thing going on today, Danny. Is this deliberate? Yeah, I do like, I do rate singers highly about all other musicians. Now, I we, think, talk, we yeah. did talk about this uh, beautiful artist last week called Romy Romero, who did the gig for Richie Blackmore Experience. I wouldn't call it Rainbow. <laughs> Featuring <laughs> Rainbow songs. <laughs> Featuring Rainbow slash Deep Purple songs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what was more important, uh, he prefers to sing on the gigs when he's talking about Rainbow, like, uh, not like so much like Ronnie James Dio or Dave Cocktail. But um, oh, I was always going to say, I can't remember now. Yeah, no, trying to say. He'd he rather sing the songs as Ronnie Romero, not sing the songs That's as right. Ronnie James Dio, Covdale, because people don't want to see you do a, a complete replica because you're just not going to do it justice or you're just, you're just not going to do it. And no one, yeah, your, your tone and your sound and delivery and nuances are all completely they're different. So use what you're strong at and just... Sing the song. As long as you're in tune, you get a bit of power behind it. I, I think that's what people want to see. That was incredibly touching, Danny. I think you've just made everyone feel so much better about their talking now. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> you too can be the lead singer of your favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what was more interesting about this article is he teased the potential return of Rainbow for more shows, possibly next year. Is this a bit of fan service or is there any weight to it, Danny? Oh, look, in, until it comes from Richie Blackmore's mouth and until the shows are booked, I just don't think you can take what anyone else says with a grain of salt. Yeah, Richie Blackmore is 71 and his mood can change like that. So the blind was cool. We were glad we saw it. 
Don't. Uh, it could happen, but we are nowhere near on our edge of our seat on this one. Oh uh, yeah, and even so, I don't think our world tour is in order. I'm not too sure the um, popularity of Rainbow these days. Yeah. So let's talk about a. I guess this story really made me happy because it was a bit of justice served in the music community that happened over the last couple of weeks. And it's the Houston Police Department. Now, obviously, in the news, the police have gotten somewhat of a really bad rap at the moment, Dave. Eh? Bit of negative light on them. Yeah, it's um, what's happening in America at the moment, I guess. It draws a bad line. It starts to blur the lines between, like, I guess, authority and vigilantism nearly. So we probably won't go too far into that, but this is actually a good story about the Yeah, so let's talk about a plus for the Houston Police Department. They're alongside the nearby Pasadena and Baton Police Departments and the Department of Homeland Security... Yeah, that's right. Have busted one massive ring of thieves who are stealing uh, basically gear or musician equipment, anything that's tied into this. Uh, 130 people were arrested, Danny, and over 200 charges. Yeah, this is um, a brilliant work by the police officers. It's, I mean, the, the main way bands these days make money is through touring. And, and for you to, like, let's say, park your bus, your, sorry, your bus or your van, whatever you rented, because they're probably renting, they can't afford to buy a vehicle. Outside your hotel, go inside, get a couple of Z's, and for you to wake up next morning losing your equipment, therefore losing your income. It's, yeah, it's, happens oh, to Jeff shit. Loomis, and I remember yeah, I, I actually had to throw some money. I just could not see my idol uh, not being able to drive home. Like His van got broken into, lost a bunch of his equipment, so they were doing a Patreon for it. And hopefully that um, that, that was uh, one of those people, so we can see some justice and some closure around it, because... Funny enough, this wasn't even featured on a metal magazine. This was featured in a country music magazine, this article. Yeah, I'm, that's, yeah, that, that threw me. I'm, I'm surprised you read those magazines, Matt. Yeah, I, I tend to ag- avoid them like the plague because uh, country just... There's something about it that hits a, like a nerve in my brain and just wires across it. And it's like, yeah, you, this is this is bringing up Vietnam War stories, Matt. <laughs> you need to uh, you know seek help. But you know, congratulations uh, to that because these guys were operating in like groups of eleven or twelve people sometimes, Jeez. just going around and strategically doing it. So um, l- let's talk about some more heroes, Danny, because we're really on fire at the moment. I think this is probably the best email broadcast we've done to date. Yeah, we're building up to that big news story at the end of the show, man. That's right. Christopher Gamboic, don't know him? Well, now you will because this guy has been accredited to chucking a beer bottle at a bartender for changing Black Sabbath song to a Christmas tune. Well, I, I completely agree with this because for starters, it's July. So any, <laughs> anyone who's changing, any bartender changing a song to a Christmas tune obviously needs to be smack around the head because there, there's something mentally wrong with these people. Yeah, normally they don't condone violence of any kind, but what he's done is created like a safer world for all of us by playing... Yeah, Black Sabbath songs. Oh, yeah. The world's a better place when you hear um, Aussie sing. <laughs> like throwing beer bottles. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, no, I think he was just returning the beer bottle because I think you should recycle this beer bottle. Bartender was a poor catch and hit him in the head. Yeah, so. symbolic. He was he was handing him with pace of this needs to be a Black Sabbath song. So, like handing the baton back over to mm. him. So, unfortunately, because maybe he listens to Christmas tunes in July, he's probably a bit slow. I think so. I think, that's, I think it's completely on the bartender's fault and... Christmas tunes in July. I know people get excited Christmas in July. It's not one of those stupid marketing things to sell more crap. So don't fall into that thing and listen to Black Sabbath. There are two lessons from that story. Okay, so we'll finish it off with a just a basic cover of a story that's actually caught our attention. I hope everyone's okay. But Randy Blythe was actually hit in a uh, car accident the other day. It seems like uh, they were pulled off to the side of the road and a lady who was driving, he, he claims, was 
quite inattentive to what was going on, slammed right into him and uh, created quite the scene. Hope he's okay, Danny. Yeah, I think this is the worst way to try getting someone's autograph. You know, you're, <laughs> you're driving like, hey, is that Randy Blythe and Lambert? Pretty sure. Let me just go get closer. Oh my God, it's Randy Blythe. <laughs> Randy, can I get your signature? Yeah, I'm a subpoena when I sue you, you bastard. Oh, yeah. Um, there's so many other ways, but um, there you go. Randy Blythe has some really bad luck over the last couple of years, and this he must be thinking someone's watching over him right now. Yeah, uh, it, it's one of those like bittersweet things where you have so much like negative stories but you've always come out better from them so uh, as long yeah. as you still see the light bright side of it and maybe write some cool lyrics and songs because of this yeah I think he wrote a book nice. about what happened with uh, I mean they almost sent the, the band bankrupt oh, with the lawyer form with yeah. the uh, person who was uh, allegedly pushed which ended not to be true because it wasn't even the same person but um, there you go Randy so God speed to you mate just keep plugging along and uh, you know we'll see you in another 40 years yeah and we'll They'll be here in um, Australia in November yeah. and, and uh, also in Adelaide as well. So credit to Lamb of God. Uh, if you haven't heard them, uh, please uh, check them stuff out. It's quite good. Alyssa Glue's good. Yeah. Groovy. <laughs> Headline. All right. Let's talk the major story. This is where people really like to tune in to see our thoughts on one of the biggest stories that's happened in the week and our thoughts and feelings around it. Yes. And sometimes uh, narrow-mindedness, but we think... Opposite of that, we think is quite um, educated and informed. Oh, absolutely. When you spend 10 minutes on Google a day, you know that your opinion matters more than anyone else's. Exactly. I have a camera phone, therefore I know more than you do. Speaking of camera phones, this is the story we're talking about. It's Apple. Now, the Apple, you know them from making your uh, computers to your phones to the delicious, delicious edible object in your mum's house. They filed a patent for infrared technology that saves signals to phones' cameras, right? Now, earlier this week, this patent was granted. Now, Matt, what are you talking about? How does this got to do with metal and music? Yeah, well, what, Danny... Yeah, what are these infrared technology sensing signals to their phones that you speak of? What these are going to do is basically make your phone turn into a self-aware T-800 from the Terminator movies. Oh, I'm getting scared now. <laughs> you should be, because what happens okay. is now you go to a concert, you will try to record it, but the phone will know you're at this concert, and it will know this band's on, so it would disable the function for you recording the, uh, the actual event. So what you're saying is that people from now on, when they go to see bands play live, they actually have to see a band play live. That's potentially what right, you're actually okay. saying is true. What will happen is back to what would happen at concerts 20 years ago. Oh, not even 20, like 10 years ago, phones were pretty sharp back then. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. You tried to do it on those first, uh, yeah, you would get this pixelated mess and the sound would be all crappy. And that tuma. It'd, it'd be basically, yeah, exactly. Medical Bill and a St. Agnes album on your phone. It's not yeah, a good right. thing. But... Why do you think this is a good thing, Danny? And why do you see this as being a potentially a negative thing on the light of fans? Yeah, I'm, I'm pro this. I'm not really one of those people who record uh, live music. For starters, it's just the quality is terrible. And I don't even know how many people actually go back and listen to their recording they've just done. It's like, oh, I'm here recording this song. Someone listen. No, you're not. Because hearing it live is completely better, like, out of this world number, I can't even think of the number at the moment, and you know that's coming from like an engineer. So all, all I know is numbers. That's how I get home at night. Just like reading numbers. Yeah. So the, 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 it's so much better to hear and experience it live than just to lose the moment and look through your phone and not experience the moment. Wow. And then you even listen to it again later. So I can only see this as a positive thing. Yeah. You know who else agrees with you on this, Danny? 
Me, myself, and I. Super metal brother Corey from Slipknot. Whoa, Corey from Slipknot. Go on. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. he must have been listening to this show before we recorded it because he actually it's had a fan in front of, like, right at the front, right at the gate, recording on his phone, right? I'm not too sure if he was recording it, but it was definitely on his phone. Corey Taylor goes right up to it and does a Dikembe Matombo and he's like <laughs> slaps it out of his hand and um, you know he's getting praise for it you know he broke some guy's phone and funny enough uh, Disturb got in trouble for it because there was actually a lady who got basically abused for doing the exact same thing was her on her phone and you know uh, our favourite uh, vocalist from our band he actually called her out on it but then she had a good reason like babysitting or something like that so it's a bit like, you know, if they want to be on their phones is one thing, but if they're going to record it, maybe this isn't so bad. Yeah, I mean, also going on that, Bruce Dixon called out a fan once for being on his phone. Again, that fan was like three rows back. So for, for you to switch off and be on your phone, I, I guess the, the the artist maybe feel insulted saying, no, I was here to entertain you, but it feels like I'm boring you, so you've decided to switch off and go to your phone. I'm not sure if that's part of it. Also... The Corey Taylor thing, I understand where his fans coming from because that whole all these kids and even unfortunately adults are playing that new Pokemon Go game. Oh. So when you see these Slipknot guys on stage, you're probably confusing for Pokemon. This They're guy was trying to catch a Charmander. He's, he's, trying, he's trying to catch like um, <laughs> Corey. So come here, man. Got to catch a Corey. <laughs> Slipknot. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. You know, it's really along. This is gonna. This looks like it's gonna happen. I mean, the technology is still quite uh, quite young and it's going to take a while to see it implemented but if this is going to happen what would hopefully replace it is we'll see things like what happened at grass pop where a couple of bands come out and shown the whole entire set list being recorded at quite a high mm, level yeah so the fans would get to see what the gig they're at at all the best possible angles making their favorite vocals look incredibly good well that's true i mean no i guess not not too many bands uh, release a lot of live dvds so some of the smaller bands, for, for if if you want to see them live, the only chance you can see them play live is through these people's amateur videoing, I guess. Well, but funny enough, like if the the bands then decide to then decide to have it, or record, like you said, in streams, they actually can control more of what's going on. They will have better access to having better facilities for the fans. So then, like you were saying, fans on YouTube don't see as crappy. You know, a 16 uh, bits from a Mega Drive uh, game pop up on their screen of their favorite Flash God uh, gig. They'll actually see something that the band knows that they want people to hear. It mm. actually might work out better for everyone. Yeah, it's true because I guess you the, the recordings you hear live is what you judge um, metal bands with. I love love metal bands. They they sound as good as they do on a CD, if not better live, because they have the passion, the raw, and the, the gritty sound, the distortion. You actually feel it. So if you're getting these really poor recordings and putting it on like YouTube or whatever, it does the band a disservice. So you're right. So if, if they're able to control that with proper quality and maybe even stream these things live, it could be a um it could be a way of getting around it. But it, it but again, the people in the crowd won't be streaming live, they'll be having their own proper people. So. Yeah, so we'll cover this in the next couple of weeks as well, where it came down to bands who are not really receiving their monetary value, especially with streaming websites and all yeah. that as well. So we'll touch on that later. But to finish off this segment, this could probably potentially be something that could help bands financially in the long run. Oh, it could be, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's right. If, you, if you're shutting down people from being able to record uh, a gig live and coming back later on YouTube, and these um, the bands themselves could potentially like sell live streaming to people in other countries, you're right, they could... 
it could be a thing that could help them. So look, I I I don't think this Apple thing is good. Yeah. But it, it, look, it, it's it's one of those things where it shouldn't be needed. Like people in in crowd should just be smarter and should just like want to. I know they want to like keep it for memory, but I just don't think you do. I just don't think you get that recording and you keep those memories. Oh yeah, I remember being there, experiencing it. Cause you didn't experience it. You, you're too busy looking at your phone to really absorb the feeling. Like if you have, you have this ticket stub or you have a bit of merch, you're like, yeah, I remember that gig and I remember that was awesome. I remember getting the pit or whatever you do. How exciting. But yeah, I, I, just, I just think this is this is like a necessity in um, going to gigs now. Yeah, look, to finish off, fans, I know you want to be the very best like no one ever was. I know to catch them all, the gigs, is your real test, but to, to see them is your cause. You'll travel across the wide, um, searching far and wide. Um, I don't know where I'm also going with this, but Pokemon, got to catch them all. Yeah, I see where you're going. That's, I don't want to stop you. You, 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 you seem to have like done quite well with that, Matt. I was just, I was, how's he going to time Jim into this? Just sort of get the badges, so I guess, yeah. I guess you get patches. They're like badges, so. Yeah. Something. So, um, yeah, so on to our, our feature presentation, Danny. Omar Faja, The Name of Chaos. This album has quite... Quite the emotional and physical reaction from you. It's a little bit rubbing um, uh, uh, Steeler, I'm guessing. Yeah, like, like rubbing Steeler and Solvo on your on your skin. It's really got an, an immediate reaction to it. Yeah, and like like that, you left skin's left bright red, and you start crying. So yeah, I guess you rub too hard. That's why it happens with these riffs. Some of these riffs are so heavy and brutal that yeah, you can. Start getting a bit, uh, a bit red in the face because you're just thrashing it out, man. So we're going to talk the way we review albums. We've got five. We've got five things that we always talk about. We've got the riffs. We measure how good the, the guitars are on it. We've got the vocals, which measure the not only the style, but also what they can be meaning lyrically, the diversity, how the band will change it up and how you will save yourself having fatigue. The groove aspect of what it does to you. Does it make you want to now, make you want to punch a kitten, or make you want to adopt one? Lastly, we talk production, and that's basically the overall, is how all these beautiful things come together to give the listener quite the experience. So, Danny, riffs, and this album has a lot of them. It does. The guitar playing and the drumming is definitely the highlights of this album. Uh, being pretty much like technical death metal, sometimes they can get a bit repetitive, the songs, but now nah, they, they do quite well, and the riffs, you, each, each song has its... Um yeah, identifying riff, I reckon. Yeah, look, and the one thing where we come to when it comes to technical death is money, the money riffs. The riffs that you hear and you automatically open your wallet and just push it and down and pour it all over down just so you can hear it again for another time too. Yeah, you don't, you know, you feel so bad that you're YouTube streaming it that you actually want to buy them a CD and That's fund right. these guys to like make more music. Yeah, because, you know, why are we on YouTube? Go buy their stuff, you know. We are all about the bands. Now... Uh, Particularly the money riffs I'm talking about, like a minute 30 into the first song, Willing War, you really get a sense that these guys know when the big riffs are coming and they really set it up to crush you down with them and make you feel really pumped. It's very much like an anthem and it gets behind you, you know. They've got the scale stuff that moves on a thousand miles a minute with songs like, you know, Man Machine. But again, when they know the riff's going to come, that they know that they are proud of, they build it up like a minute 36 again into the song. So you start to see a bit of a pattern in that sense where they mm. know where their strengths lie and they know where it isn't, in in a, in a sense, Danny. Yeah, you're right. Instead of like other bands, let's say like hardcore styles, where they, when they know the money risk come up, they'll build up, then they do like the big breakdowns. 
these guys are like the opposite. They know it's coming, but they actually kick it into like a second gear, and there's like a wall of sound going straight at you. So yeah, so you just feel that like yes, I'm pumping up again. And yes, was, and it was relieving to hear songs without breakdowns. You know, yes. uh, when we listen to we listen to a lot of grindcore lately, when we saw Cattle Captation and and Ingested, and those guys are brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but hearing a band at this technical level keeping it on the whole time, even mm. when they break it into sections. They still have a lot of intensity and always push forward, which I think for me really helps, especially songs like Until the Red Sky Turns Red, where the chorus still has a syncopated guttural machine gun kind of thing going, but it never stops the momentum. It's always pushing forward, which really helps the energy of the album. Would you say that, Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the, the way they just keep um, hammering it into you is just great, and the backing up the drums and like double kicks and their blast beats, it's... It's very, it's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's it, very well. Riffs riffs are there in the plenty, yeah. And in in numerous tracks, you're not just you're waiting for like okay, track let's say six and eight, and that's it. The rest is just same same. No, there's nearly every track has a, a very good riff coming oh, into oh, it. Also that, and then when the solos come in and the sweep sections come in, like songs like the leader, it just goes on, and you can see that these guys practice. You know, they've got everything on their arsenal, any kind of technique, and. Look, big tick for riffs. I yep. did not get tired listening to these guitar tones. It was a lot of joy just hearing how much fun they were having playing some really gnarly stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. Yep, solid choruses. To our next section where the vocals, and Danny, you've got a lot to say about it. Yeah, see, vocals for me, with when I get to bands like this, because the singer here um, doesn't really have much variety in his uh, tone or his delivery in that, yeah, pretty much his tone of delivery, he does a little bit of screaming, but it's normally just the same, like, growl, have, have you describe it over and over again. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, to break it up, let's see maybe what he's trying to say is a bit more, um, you know, deep and meaningful. And no, no, it is not. The lyrics feel like they're written by, like, a 15-year-old <laughs> drama student. I mean, like, they're just... The, 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 is as subtle as an orange giraffe in a tulip field. You just, you just, you just see. It's just, there's nothing there. Oh, look! I'm not. Look, to be fair, I'm not sure. Are these guys American, Matt? Do you know? Do you know where they're from? Ah, uh, no, no, I'm yeah, not too sure know. where they're from. But so, um, it you maybe think there's a transitional thing with their a native tongue to English. Maybe, maybe, maybe like the, look, I'll give them a slight break. But when you see like bands like Aborted, and you see how how well they use the English language and they're Belgium. I know the lyrics are a bit like gross and gore-based, whatever, but the way they're using words I've never seen before and they're like, again, from Belgium. So, I don't know, these are just terrible, terrible lyrics. But, uh, Saving Grace is definitely the way he phrases the um, his uh, notes or his words over the guitars and over the drums. So, he does actually change up his uh, timing and his tempo and a bit of his um, infliction, I don't know, infliction, but dynamics. So I'll give him credit, he does that quite well. Yeah, the way he phrases and the way he hits it, it's very much, it punches you where it needs to. He does some overdubbing stuff, which is very cool. His scream and his jump between growls. Uh, I think sometimes they even push it back behind the mix, you know, where you can really get a sense of guitars. So I really do get to think that the drums and the guitars are at the front and the vocals there to help it. Um, whether they believe in their heart as seeing something that's deep and meaningful or they just wanted to showcase these awesome wrists behind something that they could keep simple and chanty so they could reflect with a bigger crowd perhaps. I have no idea. I'll need to interview them and I'd love to. But again, yeah, the the meaning got a little lost on me but at least when they were there, it sounded pretty decent. 
Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, the the vocal, like the name of the songs, pretty much reflect their vocals quite easily. Again, there's no subtlety there, so you hear the title, you know what the song's about. Like Man Machines, just pretty much about people living day to day, like rock up to work, you live it, you go home, and that's it. Again, same as Willing Whore. Willing Whore is about you just keep doing what you're supposed to do. You don't challenge authority. So a lot of the album is pretty much like that. You just people live day to like live life day to day, not really think about the future. Not so ironically, maybe they were so. Uh uh, deprived of influence of the the songs because they're living that every day today. Maybe the re- the lyrics are a reflection of that. Maybe these guys are better than we thought. Uh, yeah, maybe that maybe that's true. <laughs> maybe they're like, yeah, we were so we're so trapped in this like one dimensional world that we have to just be one dimensionally thinking. <laughs> um, so actually, Man Machine. Sorry, I got confused. Man Machine is actually about us um staying from like a godlike image of being men to being turned into like cyborgs and not actually having. Just being logical creatures. That's so. That's what Mam she's about. So like, like again, I like metal bands who think like this because like, they they see like normal social trends or thoughts or feelings and they try to create songs and lyrics around it. But I just like a little bit to be a little bit creative with it. You know, that's all. Yeah. So what we'll do, we'll give it a. Uh, do we give it a tick? Do we give it a recommendation, or do we just kind of leave it a little bit empty? This one. Uh yeah. I, I look. I don't think the vocals will will make you want to buy this album. Yeah, I agree. So we'll move on to diversity, and I think if you really want diversity in life, I'd recommend buying a coloring in book, or you know, wearing your pants with uh, the orange pants instead of the red pants, because this does one thing and it does one thing either really well if you love that kind of sound, mm-hmm. or you might not really like it at all. Yeah, um, it, it's tricky because the, the songs do have their own little changes into them, but I guess the song structures are quite similar. They just change a bit of the riffing. Yeah, they've got the drums that hit you. They've got the guitars that will go at you. And generally, they'll break it up, but it still feels like one big entity of itself, really. And that is what they do strongest. And that's when they just throw billion riffs at you. They'll give you a little bit to breathe. But again, it's really about keeping the energy intensity on fire the whole time. Yeah, I mean, again, they do like tempo changes a bit in some of their songs they do like nice little fast licks and like I guess pejos whatever you guitarists call them yeah they do stuff like they put the song Despair in there which is literally a 45 kind of second interlude of a guitar solo just so it can break up the difference between the dominant which is one of the strongest songs off the album and the leader which has all the crazy sweeps and stuff and has that neoclassical inspired uh, middle section and like for me the dominant is that strong that maybe it was almost strategically uh, placed, you know, like, and that's why I kind of think the smart, the album was put together well. They knew what they were doing in a sense. The diversity in the sense was just about breaking up when it really hits you to where they want it to reflect more of a musicianship and then pull it back from the intensity a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it could be it. Actually, going back to the lyrics, there's actually one thing I missed on this. The uh, track, the 9, 10, is called The Love Song. Now, every time I hear like a metal band having the love song, yeah. I remember from that old Conworth Bank commercial break, like, guys, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, can you play the love song? Sure. <laughs> so I always think about that, but I've, I mean, this love song must have been very spiritual or must be very pointed to them because they didn't actually put the lyrics in the book jacket. Oh, they did the Alexi Leho thing. Yeah, that's right. It was too much to devolve it to the listener, so they kept it to themselves. Well, looking at the quality of like lyrics, it was it was probably something a fifteen year old cheesy like, oh, like I miss you oh, and I love don't you. Want it, like, 
I don't want to believe they wrote it, so I'm going to ignore it. We'll just keep yeah, it with the diversity. Yeah. And would you say there? It didn't give you fatigue. I mean, with the technical death, you can listen to it for three minutes, and it sounds like three hours because it mm. doesn't seem like the, the tracks have changed enough. Or did you find yourself with the Huawei three? Like, oh wow, that was that was cool. Oh, uh, look again. I reckon they do break up each song uh, slightly with the use of like like nice licks and good solos and um, break into the heavy choruses. So they they do the songs are broken up in sections but again a lot of the songs have the same type of setup so then it, it's funny because yeah it has the same structure but they all have the little different sounds to them yeah I like what they do they've especially with stuff like the incredibly it sounds like a black metal section of the intro to this but um, I think it's Down We Fall. Yeah, so they do this really cool minor chord progression, which is completely in opposite of almost anything else on the album. Then they've got those like, classical uh, sections, which actually almost go into that happy kind of feel before it's gone to that dark and sunny. So I believe inside of like technical death metal, they can actually cut a corner slice of themselves of doing things a little bit differently and creating it an interesting listen, even if you're into like heavy onslaught music. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, I think that's bad for diversity. There's, there's a little bit there, but again, it's um, if you like it and if you like this style, you, you like. Yeah, the, I think the it's album. easier to listen to as far as to get you in, getting you into the technical death stuff than an album, say, from uh, Cattle Decapitation or uh, even uh, Cephalic Carnage or something like that, which is just so off the wall. Even Psychroptic, for example. I mean, sorry, my apologies, Cryptopsy. So this is a good way to get a taste of like something heavy and something grabs you because some of these passages don't even have blast beats but are menacing double kick underneath it just to really give you a sense of how heavy the riffs are. But again, if you love that sound, it's going to be great. But if you don't, it might just crumble under its own weight for you. Yeah, exactly right. So um, yeah, maybe look, give a, give a listen to like, I want the song. See if you like it, then you so, listen to more. So, so we'll move on to So diversity for me gets a tick, but it gets a tick with the, the warning. You know, this is a death metal album and you're really going to know straight away whether this sounds for you. Mm. And, you know, we'll move on to Groove and see if... Yeah, Groove. If, if it gets accessible for that sense, does it, does it do anything for you, Danny? Did you get any kind of physical reaction to it? Yeah, there was parts where I was um, bobbing my head along and tapping my foot along because I was sitting down, so I can't really get too, too physical. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Start punching people on the bus. <laughs> Bang, the bus driver. Oh, dude, it's cool. It's like, I'm a fighter. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Oh, I'm my fighter. I'm my fighter. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. Yeah, I'm a thumb, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, I did think there were some good groovy parts in this album, uh, especially with the um, the choruses were pretty uh, pretty on point there, so they, they really got me uh, to go along to them. So I yeah, when they do stuff like, for example, that really cool, uh, oh, the, the chorus for... Um, until the sky turns red and all that kind of stuff like that. Even like Man Machine, you know, the choruses there are really strong. But again, when they break it up with some really cool stuff like The Dominant or, you know, Down We Fall, when they do break it up with those kind of grooves, it really gets you going. Like, it makes your heart pumping. And to be honest, you really should listen to this album when something amazingly annoying happens to you in life, you know. If you're working retail and that customer comes up to you asking to buy that one uh, $3 item that then returns it, uh, three things without the label attached, the can opened and no receipt and yells at you for 45 minutes how you failed at your life because you work in retail, you know, then you can listen to this album because it will do therapeutic things for you that no one else can do for you in your life, not even your parents. This sounds like your Sunday night, like you're relapsing, <laughs> relapsing after work. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, for me, this album is definitely a... It really suits me when things are just not... Uh, not having me that day, and then I look forward to listening to this album because it, it, it 
basically gets all those emotions and gets you to, to get it out with you with it. It's just so much fun in that sense. Yeah, I think most songs will have a groovy part to it. The only doubt let uh, I guess downfall or let down of the album will be uh, the last track, which is track ten, which is Wheel in the Engine. That's that's pretty much just a nothing track. I think they yeah. th- I think they must have had a quota that had to have at least eleven tracks on there, so they plugged that one in. Yeah, but so yeah, the rest were quite good. Yeah, you're right, Danny. Uh, the rest of it was really good. Again, the groove you're gonna like if you're into that the faster stuff in grindcore or the, the mm. less than over the top technical stuff but really heavy, this is going to do it for you. If you're really getting into metal there for the first time, again, these grooves might just be too much for you. You might just hear and be like, it sounds like the same track. And I think you'll miss the subtleties of what these guys can do because their musicianship is through the roof. Yeah, I mean, definitely the grindcore feel. I mean, Until the Sky Turns Red has a bit of an aborted feel to it. So yeah. There, there is a bit of that into it, which again, it shows you a bit of diversity. Yeah, a little borrows, bit there. It borrows a bit from like the, the groove death metal aspect to it you know some of those like decapitated solo cup stuff with the machine gun to the really heavy stuff to the really fast stuff so it borrows a lot from all that even when it's at its lightest uh, it's still quite a heavy experience though yeah no, no I, I think it's a I think we're ticking the groove section yeah so overall day the production all these things combine into an experience for you what did you come away with well I don't know the way I think the bit of an unfortunate thing I'll start with is that it's only 11 tracks and three are instrumentals. Yeah, so, so it's a short ten, album, really. So yeah, it's technically only have eight songs. So they have the intro, which is all like in a nice, cool industrial sound. I guess it sets it up for the whole album where the whole album is about like, you know, pretty much people acting as machines in life. And then there's a song about war, you know, killing without any thought or feeling into it. So I understand why the intro is there for, but... You know, and then they try to do it again with track A, the other, uh, the other instrumental. So look, unfortunately, a bit too many instrumentals for me for like an eleven album, eleven track album, three is too much. Yeah, it gets to that point where you feel like, at least I feel like in metal, if you can get it around the forty to fifty minute mark, it's like worth your twenty to thirty quid. Uh, anything stronger than that, and some bands have been guilty of this when they're coming out and stuff. But these guys uh, have got a couple of albums underneath them now. Um, overall, though, the production, everything's clean and everything's crisp. Like, they're pushing the guitars and the drums up right to the front. Sometimes where the, the singing gets dwarfed, but like Dean was saying before, you know, it just does what it needs to. It's there to support the guitars, really, anyway. Like, you're here to hear sweeps and scales played faster than Mangini could on, you know, Prozac. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, production was good. I, I do agree with Matt. Like the sound is quite nice and quite clear. You put some decent pair of headphones on and it, it comes across quite well. Yeah. Um, the uh, Again, going back to the songs themselves, they they don't do too much in the sound of adding add-ons like, like MIDI files, etc. I think there's only a couple of tracks where they might add in a bit of industrial sound or they might do a bit of like overlapping with vocals. So, they, they, they try to... They as pretty much just pure musicians like they would probably do on stage. Yeah. So I think that's so for production rises. There's I guess not too many uh, tricks I guess or bells and whistles there. So really, this album, you need to listen to probably one track. Um, and if I were to really recommend a track for myself personally, I would say the dominant. If the dominant doesn't do it for you, this album isn't going to do it for you at all. Because I can't imagine like this song does everything that the album does but does it so well it has everything that we talked about thrown into it but not to show off it's all for the betterness of the song and um it's it's where the the weight of the album will hold you all together for you or you'll be crushed by it so in that sense really i give this one a really big tick 
for me, it's a really good album. I know some of the things we're saying are problems, but to be quite honest, these are minor nitpicks. And in fact, you know, we wouldn't say change it because this market that's out for it deserves to hear about it at this high of a level. Yeah, I like, again, they're, uh, musically, they're, fan- they're great. They are, the guitar and the drum is fantastic. Like, again, the singing as a percussive instrument, it does quite well in where he hits it and how he does his tempo changes, etc. So, and phrases. So, I uh, look, musically, they're great. Uh, the lyrics is just me having a, a bit of a, um, like, ugh moment because they're just terrible. But, <laughs> I mean, the, the way he's presented, the book jacket's great, great artwork. Um, uh, inside, we, the, the members of the band have their, like, bits of machine cyborg-looking parts. Well, that looks quite good. So, it's presented well. It sounds well. So Yeah, look, as a guitarist, good. I won't even rate this album right up and amongst my top ones of the year so far. Um, will it take off Flesh God Apocalypse the King? I don't know. I don't think so. But again, leave it with us. And towards the end of the year, you can hear our thoughts and feelings of the of all the albums that we've talked about. But uh, overall, Danny, what do you think? Yeah, I think this album, like that hit and run you did, it will just grow on you. So like the guilt grows when you do that hit and run. Like this this album, the more you listen to it, the more you think about it, the more it grows on you. So yeah. I think it's definitely... Um, yeah, no, no I, I do gr- agree with it and I do like it. Again... I'm saying, if, if you're not massive into technical death metal, you you probably will get through one song and they'll, they'll yeah, be all Yeah, but if you're getting, I think if you've got an ear for it, you're really open as a musician, as a listener inside the metal uh, confines. This album, it's you got to check it out. Yeah, no, I reckon. At least at least do your favor and listen to one song, like The Dominant or even the track two, which is Willing Whore. Listen to those two, and I think, yeah, I'll go for Yeah, there. that Willing Hall with that really cool hypocrisy intro, that's so awesome. It just gives you a feeling of like they're into melodic death metal, at least the heavier parts of it, all the way through to your just crushing, death, brutal, yeah, you know, truck that falls on top of a skyscraper onto a land of guns. It's that bombardingly awesome. Yeah, and if anything, it's fun to say the name of the band. Oh, my Faja. my Faja. Oh, my Faja. So, so yeah. with that, that comes to the end of our Super Metal Brothers podcast. But we can't finish this show without telling our listeners the big news. Yeah, we promise you our big news and our big news you shall be prepared for. So make sure you're sitting down. Make sure you're not playing Pokemon Go. Make sure you're, Corey Taylor's not watching you play Pokemon Go. <laughs> Put the put the lights on so you don't trip over anything. And uh, I'll, I'll let Matthew do the honors and tell you uh, what will be occurring in the coming week. So next week, you will be hearing and seeing the return of Super Metal Brothers on Andrew Hogue Radio. On Andrew Hogue Radio. Give, give Andrew Hogue a round of applause for having the biggest brain collapse that it must be in the history <laughs> of our existence, more so than when, Hillary Clinton, sorry, sorry, when Bill Clinton decided that interns weren't going to tell lies because they can't. They can't, yeah. I must. Be, I think the cold weather's getting to him. So yeah, we'll be on Andrew Hogue next Tuesday at seven p.m. I think seven p.m. Yeah. yeah. Seven PM. Keep on our Facebook page, and we shall inform you on the closeness of this day. Yeah. So basically, comes. the biggest point with this is it's going to be live, and we're going to want to interact with you guys. So make sure you guys send us a a comment or a like or whatever you want to do on the old Facebook and a request maybe because the next well, we might even be able to play it for you. But more importantly, come check us out and hang out with us because Andrew Hogue has really been nice to us and offered us some massive uh, feedback on it at all and wants us to be the best podcasters we can be. So... Congratulations to Super Super Metal Brother Dan. And to you, Super Metal Brother Matt. Super Metal Brother Matt speaking here. So thank you very much for listening for another week. I thought this one was a pretty good one, Danny. Your thoughts? 
Oh, they're all good ones, man. They're all good ones. <laughs> when, when you listen to metal and you choose metal as your life, you are, are blessed. Absolutely. Check out Omafages in the name of Chaos and check out some more of our stuff on the old SoundCloud. Until then, I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We've been the Super Metal Brothers. Thank you for listening once again and we'll see you next week on the AndrewHogueRadio.com. Oh, booyah. Have a good week. <laughs>